Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself wrap up our discussion on Article 2 of the Augsburg Confession, looking at a New Testament passage that applies to this article. Welcome to the Being Lutheran podcast, and my identity is uh, that I am Pastor Brett Bow. Today I am self-identifying <laughs> as Jason Goodham, Pastor Ooh. of Faith Free Lutheran Church. Oh, man. My identity is in Christ. Yes, I was I waiting for that. Brian Ricky. I was oh, setting man. you up for that. That's good. Oh, that's yeah. where you were going. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's was all right. that a strikeout? Is that what yeah. I hear? No, I was kidding. Well, well I, any baseball I, talk is I, welcome. I, at one point in time... Held the school record for most strikeouts in consecutive at bats. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> claim to fame: sixteen. How many? Sixteen. But when you're an eighth grader on varsity, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Well, no, 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 no. That's it was not out because of I was good. Yeah. Oh, there just wasn't enough people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Thirteen students went out for the team my oh. eighth grade year, and five of us were eighth graders. Oh, okay. And so <laughs> nothing I did in baseball had anything okay. to do with me actually being good. Well, <laughs> I'm sure I would have a greater strikeout yeah. or record, mm-hmm. and I'm just awful at any of that. I can't play baseball or softball. Baseball or... is the single hardest sport to play on the yep. planet. Well, yep. I think hockey right. is, but that's just me. Hmm. Agree anyway. or disagree? <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to get a lot of comments on that uh, one about what's the yeah. toughest, but... Most yes. comment will be, stop talking about sports, get to the theology. Yeah. I know. Okay. So that's Stick what we're going to do. Yeah. We've we got to have a little bit of that banter, but we are, based on a few comments, are lessening the amount of... Uh, of banter we're we're trying, yeah. We don't want to offend people, but we do want to keep it real, keep our personalities in here. So that's mm-hmm. what we do, what we yep, do. That's but right. Brett, what are we yeah. doing today? So we are, this is the fourth episode of four, four out of four. Oh, completing on, the set. That's right. On the second article of the Augsburg Confession, I almost said Apostles' Creed. I don't know what, I feel like I've done that another time. Probably. But probably. Augsburg Confession, Article 2. And um, the Apology. And the Apology. This is like, we're, we're getting used to this. Yeah, we're, it's an act. <laughs> it'll be, well, next, yeah, it'll be Article 3, and then you'll and do the, the same. Yeah. Um, and uh, we are completing with our fourth episode on Article 2 um, on Original Sin, and we're looking at a New Testament text of Scripture, and we're going to go to Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, and uh, I'll read that for us, and we can talk about it as we do. And it's good. Scripture's good. So... Um, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 says, And you are dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
Amen. 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 God's word. Just Mm -hmm. seems fitting to look at this text because we quoted it, I think, in all three previous episodes. (laughs) Yeah, just to tie it up with a bow. It is. It is. With the doctrine of original sin, it's really not hard to go here because that verse, verse, uh, chapter two, verse one of Ephesians, is so crucial. Absolutely. How comprehensive of a statement Mm -hmm. is. You are dead in your trespasses and sin. And Mm -hmm. and the portrait that Paul's really trying to paint is actually a portrait of love. That God's truth brings us to a place where we realize mm-hmm. the reality of our situation mm-hmm. in light of God's holiness. Yep. Not from a horizontal perspective, from person to person, mm-hmm. but from God's holiness, that vertical yep. perspective. Absolutely. Yeah, and so we have the this picture, this word image that um, we've kind of talked about uh, tying it in with the story of Lazarus and, and the word of Christ to mm-hmm. Lazarus to come out of the tomb and uh, thinking of that, um, I, I know, I don't know, we've probably talked on this podcast at some episode somewhere way back <laughs> sometime, when. Sometime, yeah. Sometime. We've got enough a, of a body of work now that yeah, probably, but. but. But some illustrations are worth coming back to of, you know, people think, try. they like to think about themselves as like having some sort of yep. ability to, mm-hmm. uh, like we're, we're drowning in the sea and bobbing up and down. And if you just throw out the lifesaver, not the candy, uh, but the, the thing from the boat. <laughs> you throw out the lifesaver, you'll still be dying, but have better breath. Yes. Uh, but you know, you grab onto the, the floating device that will pull you in. Um, but um, I think it's Pastor Haugen from seminary and Bible school that really emphasizes point that actually the picture is you're dead at the bottom of the, well, yeah. of the yeah. sea. In, yeah. In, in the illustration I use, and, and I've used this on the podcast before, but honestly, I don't care. I'm going to say it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the way the church treats original sin mm-hmm. Uh, and the, that's the generic American church versus the way it's presented in scripture yep. so far, you have this idea that if scientists today were to invent an elixir, mm-hmm that could reanimate the dead, could bring people back to life, not in zombie apocalypse kind of way, but actual <laughs> functional human sort I'm of way. I'm glad you, you yeah. clarified that. Yeah, no, we're, yeah, yeah. You know, we're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not talking about walking dead. We're talking about Lazarus still. But if that were possible, mm-hmm. and the way that the scientist would go about doing it is he would walk into the graveyard mm-hmm. of, of any church or, or anywhere, and he'd hold up the elixir and he says, I have invented this to bring you back to life. <laughs> if you would like this, please raise your hand right now. Yeah. <laughs> and then he would stand, walk around the, the graveyard going, I see that hand. Oh, no. And I see that oh. hand. But that's exactly what the church is doing. We are putting our salvation mm-hmm. back on our own heads and as our own responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the point of original sin is that it has killed us. Yeah. It has killed us until we've died from it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to quote a, 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 an good. old comedian, there, there's nothing left. There, there's not an ounce of us that are going to reach out and grab it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not dying from sin. Mm-hmm. We're yeah, already we're dead. Already dead. That yep. was the promise of God in Genesis 2. Yeah, it's, it's hard to wrap our minds around that because we're alive physically. Yep. And it just it feels like we're alive spiritually. And not dead, but we, the truth of the matter is we're, we're dead. But the, the, the death we've died primarily isn't mm-hmm. physical death. Mm-hmm. Now, certainly that's a consequence. Every time we go to a funeral, every time we mourn the mm-hmm. loss of a loved one, it reminds us of the curse. Mm-hmm. 
But the death we've died is what was pictured, what we talked about when Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden. Mm-hmm. The death we've died is separation from God. Yep. And that it's Isaiah 59 yep. that says, your sins have created a separation between you and your God. Mm-hmm. That is the death. We're not on God's team. Yep. We're not his allies. We're not his friends. He's not giving us credit for a good job <clears throat> or anything like that. No gold stars. No gold stars. No Christmas bonus. Nothing like that. Mm-hmm. We're dead and we're enemies on God, of God on top of that, separated from yeah. him and opposed to him. Mm-hmm. And death is a result of that, you know, like physical death, yep. mm-hmm. you know, and that, of course, is a part of sin coming into the world. Yep. But this is a spiritual death. This is, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. And once you once walked and uh, following the prince of the power of the air, I love that, you know, where mm-hmm. you think about Satan's power. And even though obviously we experience his influence mm-hmm. uh, in, and the influence of sin and all of that, but, you know, I just, I, I like that little picture, right? I, I, I kind of, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I've never really thought about it this way, but I wonder, and, and I'm probably completely wrong, uh, but I wonder if that is that title, Prince of the Power of the Air, isn't more of a commentary on what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes, mm, mm-hmm. a grasping after the wind. Yeah. The, the power that Satan the has, is, yeah. is, 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 it's not really a power. No, exactly. But it says to those of us who would say, I, I want to do a deeper dive into that sometime and See, find I, out if that's I was kind of saying something similar. And I'm like, this is a little bit of a dig from the mm-hmm. Apostle Paul. It's like, oh, it's only you, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it, it, it certainly could be because everything that follows these first three verses, and I, I've taught this passage several times at my church and in the way I teach it, Verse four, mm-hmm. the first two words of verse four, but God yeah, are the right. sweetest two yes. words in all of scripture. Gospel. That that turn right there, that that the fulcrum of that lever is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then that rich in mercy, we've been talking a lot about the extravagant yep. nature mm-hmm. of God's grace. It's right there. Yeah, it's it's what what the, the theologians throughout time have called the superabundant grace. It's mm-hmm. it's it's God's grace isn't just good enough. It's more than our sin. It's megas grace greater than our sin. What, yeah. what God did for us in Jesus Christ overwhelms what we did against Him in our sin. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then that's not to say that we're not that bad is to say, no, God is that good. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, good. And that's the good. point. And, and that's where that honesty that we talked about mm-hmm. um, last episode and a couple episodes before, that's the blessing of that honesty. Mm-hmm. The, the, the blessing of really looking intently in God's mirror of his law mm-hmm. so that we can see as best we can, understanding we can't see it all, uh-huh. but as best we can seeing the extent of our, mm-hmm. our sin. And um, and allowing God to reveal that to us out of love, mm-hmm. but then embracing God's redemption and the assurance of faith in a life of confession and repentance. Well, and even if we can't see it, when God presses upon us through whatever means our total lostness mm-hmm. and our inability to save ourselves, at that point, it doesn't matter if we can see or experience the totality of our sins, yeah. it's enough to let us know that we need to go to God to plead for grace and mercy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it really never ends. I never get tired of this verse because no. it can, just continues to remind me of what I've been taken out of in that mm-hmm. picture of being picked up and mm-hmm. taken out of that situation by the power of God's grace. Yeah. Again, it just reminds me of my dependency on God. And yep. I think yep. there's a blessing in growing in that dependency throughout your life. Yeah, it's uh, the there's a blessing in it and 
even beyond the blessing, I think we ought to note that there's a resurrection. Yes. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, and, right. and, and really picking out the richness of the resurrection takes the, the theme of death from the beginning, but God made us alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, again, yeah. Christianity isn't behavior modification. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a reforming movement. Mm-hmm. God isn't making us better versions of our sinful selves in mm-hmm. redemption. He is raising us to life. Yep. Yep. Resurrecting us. Um, yeah. Making us alive together. And I know that that's a, that's a theme that it really touches on the, the pure gospel that comes to us in the midst of our original sin. And, uh, you know, I, I think too of, of how Calvinists like to point to this verse as well. I've, I know I've heard a, a song, I think of by a, a band that's kind of a Calvinist band and I love the song, but uh, <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's kind of like we were talking with, with flame too. And just yeah. the, the pointing of uh, this, this idea, once you realize the depth of the original sin that we have and that the Lord has made us alive, he has resurrected us. Um, it's, it's exciting uh, to realize that it's all God's activity, uh, monergism, um, but yeah, uh, a Calvinist band. They all have pretty awesome <laughs> beards and are wearing plaid. Is that? I what? think. <laughs> I think so. I, <laughs> the I lumberjacks. Don't know. Is yeah. that? No, it's you're you're you have the resurrection. Mm-hmm. You have the richness, the abundance. So you've got God was rich in mercy, and then verse seven, God the richness of His grace, mm-hmm. and then verses eight and nine. If there is anything left in us clinging to our contribution, yeah. clinging to to something good that we might hold up and, and, and say, here's my merit badge. It, it just obliterates. It. I know. It, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that mm-hmm. no one may boast. Yep. How, and how can you get around that? You know, I, mm-hmm. I've always often wondered someone who believes in maybe more of a synergistic approach mm-hmm. to salvation what do they do with this passage? How do they gymnastically, theologically twist around this? Well, I, th- I think what it comes to, and I don't know how they would answer it because we're not them, yeah. but one of the problems in American Christianity is we've turned faith into a work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've turned mm-hmm. it into our contribution. Well, yeah. and we've mentioned this before in the episode. It says, right, mm-hmm. uh, in um, a Reformed systematic theology mm-hmm. book that faith is an attitude God chooses to use. Well, a Lutheran would say, no, faith is a gift from God, mm-hmm. as it says here, because right. we yep. are saved by grace through faith. Mm-hmm. So what comes first? Well, faith yep. has to come first, and we don't have faith because we're dead. Mm-hmm. God gives us the faith through yep. the proclamation yep. of the gospel, and, and that all is his work. He picks us up from mm-hmm. a place of death mm-hmm. and raises us to new life. It's all his work. Mm-hmm. It breathes into us. I know. New life. Yeah. How, yeah, it's, how do you get around that? Mm-hmm. I just don't, you well, know. You, even, even the syntax of verse eight, the gift of God as it stands is both the grace we receive and the faith to receive mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. From faith for faith. From mm-hmm. faith for faith. And I think you you did such a good job in connecting this to the Lazarus account. Mm. Lazarus isn't just laying there saying, ho-hum, I wish someone would call me out of the tomb. He's complete lack of self-awareness mm-hmm. because he's dead. 
Mm-hmm. And then Christ proclaims to him, Lazarus, come forth. And it is that word mm-hmm. that reanimates Lazarus. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's right. what the gospel does. Faith yeah. comes from hearing yep. and hearing through the word of Christ. Mm-hmm. You, you, you want to bring someone to faith in the most efficient way possible yep. is you preach the word of God and you trust mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit to do his job. Yeah. And right. in yep. preaching that text, I've even said that statement where it says, unbind him and set him free. Mm-hmm. I've equated that to Romans 8.1. Mm-hmm. There is therefore now no condemnation. Yeah, that assurance of faith that we have that mm-hmm. we've been raised from the dead through the victory of Christ Jesus. Now in that freedom and in that victory, go. Mm-hmm. and make disciples of all nations, mm-hmm. baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and, and Holy Spirit. And just like we talked about last week, how Psalm 51, the mm-hmm. great psalm of repentance and forgiveness, ends with a vocational picture. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, this great passage of laying out yeah. our sin and the depth yeah. of our sin, yeah. laying out the superabundance of God's grace and mercy, ends with vocation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, vocation. It, it, it's as we've said it before, the reason why vocation is such an important part of the Christian life is that after everything else, there is nothing left for the Christian to do but love our neighbor. Mm-hmm. Everything else has been given. Yeah. Now, so this is something I want to ask the, mm-hmm. the two of you. It's something that I've wrestled with. So before mm-hmm. I went to seminary at our AFLC uh, over there in Plymouth, I kind of was a theological mutt. I kind of mm-hmm. had been a part of a lot of different denominations, yep. whether I'm serving in leadership or being a media director or whatever. And the one thing that... um that was interesting to me, especially as I kind of like uh, was surrounded by mm-hmm. this Lutheran perspective. <laughs> and then I wrestled with yeah. is how 10 is attached to eight and nine. You know, we do, I believe that most Lutheran, like conservative Lutheran churches do a great job at explaining one mm-hmm. through nine really, really well. <laughs> but we don't do there, sanctification and so well. So I'm going to use, I might use a couple words that that people might be uncomfortable with, but I think it's what's in the back of some people's minds. What then do we do with the responsibility that comes in 10? Not that we bring anything to the table. Don't hear me say that. But what I would call it is abiding in Christ, that picture in John 15 that I keep referring to. Um, What, what, how does that play out? And has Lutheranism done a really good job at expressing what you would call, Jason, applying the gospel of Christ after mm-hmm. the assurance of faith comes and living out that life of faith, the putting on and the putting off that's mm-hmm. talked about in Colossians? How, how do we as Lutheran pastors do a better job of, of preaching to our congregation mm-hmm. members, verse 10, in light of 8 and 9? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, okay, sure. You're going to pass the buck off to yeah, me first. No. <laughs> uh, no, I think, honestly, verse 10 here is maybe the most vocation-y of all vocation passages. <laughs> even vocation-y. more so than, you know, we always go to Colossians 3, especially do everything that you do mm. as for the Lord and not yes. for man. That's a very vocational passage. Yep. But but here's where we stand. And again, mm-hmm. I don't think we can do this as pastors unless we've preached the gospel to such an extent that it's giving people assurance of salvation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if we're yeah. mushy, about the gospel, if mm-hmm. we're, if it's muddy, that's a deep and, theological term yeah, that we learned. It, you know, it, mushy, mushy it comes yeah. down to us first through Origin and then through Augustine, yeah. and then through <laughs> of mushy. No, mm-hmm. it's a uh, if 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 we gum up the gospel mm-hmm. and leave room for doubt mm-hmm. or fear or guilt, 
vocation is always going to sound like works righteousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but yep. again, there's nothing left for us to do but love our neighbor. And that's what when God prepares the good works for us mm-hmm. beforehand, like it said, this isn't just talking about the, the foreknowledge of God. And, or or predestination or anything like that. Sure, yeah. that's part of it. Yeah. But when God prepares works beforehand, what that means is he's told us what the good works are that please him. That's the law. He's given us a neighbor and then he plops us down mm-hmm. and says, go love that neighbor. Mm-hmm. It, we don't get to choose how we love our neighbor and we don't get to choose our neighbor. Mm-hmm. That's how verse 10 connects to verse eight and nine. Salvation. Mm-hmm. Amen. God's got it. Yep. Verse 10, God says, go out and love your neighbor. Well, which neighbor? Well, here's one, and here's one. Mm-hmm. Well, even your household. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't choose your family. Yeah, you know? right. You don't, yep. Well, the, the only your thing spouse, you choose, you, yeah. you choose your spouse as long as she chooses you back. <laughs> you know, we don't live in arranged marriage. The shotgun wedding, maybe? <laughs> we, don't, we don't choose our parents, and we don't choose our kids. We have yeah. no control mm-hmm. over that. Yep. God gives you a neighbor. Uh, it's, it's why, you know, we've talked about multiple times, Brian, your concept of church membership that mm-hmm. I so greatly appreciate. It, it's not consumerism when we find the perfect body and then grace them with our presence. Mm-hmm. Is God calls us to a congregation and suddenly those are our neighbors to love. Yeah, yeah exactly. right. The, yep. the, the community that we live in, by and large, I didn't choose my next door neighbor. I didn't choose the people living mm-hmm. across the street from me. Mm-hmm. They're my neighbors and I love them. Mm-hmm. You know, and that really kind of like flowed out of, and I love this about the AFLC, about Mm -hmm. how important the call of a congregation is to a pastor. Well, if that's the case, then why doesn't it apply to the congregation? Mm-hmm. You know, it just seems to consistently be like that in yeah. scripture, you yeah, know, and a part of it is where you are, you know, like mm-hmm. there, where you are, there you are, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. that idea that, you know, but I do believe that it's important for us to, and you know, when in looking for a congregation, Lord, where do you want me to be? Mm-hmm. Where have you called me to be as a congregation vocationally to love my neighbor as myself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's we have we really have two things that we do mm-hmm. as Christians. We were created for two things. One, to believe in God. Yep. That God has taken care of for us. Yep. Two, to love our neighbor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's the I don't know if that answers your question. It does. That's the way mm-hmm. I understand yeah, it. I'd love to hear mm-hmm. you know Brett's yeah. take on this too. And I I think verse ten shows us the need for ongoing preaching of law and gospel yeah. in the life of a Christian. You, you see that in verse 10. We are his workmanship. Mm-hmm. He's created us. This is a, a gospel thing he's doing for us. Yeah. But then he also says we should walk in them and in, in terms of the, the law and the yeah. spirit will apply that in the right way that we need it in that moment. And, and I think that's a, a great model for us. Preach law and gospel Preach law and gospel, yeah. and it's it's people it's, come to faith, keep preaching law and gospel, and it goes back to the yeah. um, original righteousness that was talked about in the first episode. Mm-hmm. That redeemed aspect of new creations in Christ Jesus that are yeah maybe we but we're His workmanship. I, I got that picture of a potter and mm-hmm. clay and yeah. on the wheel. He's building us up, and even though it, it's imperfect, not because of God's mm-hmm. doing, yeah. right. but because of our own doing and the sin yep. that we have. Yep. One day in our new resurrected bodies mm-hmm. that will be perfect. Yep. And uh, there's a beauty in that. And in the Lord's prayer, we prayed all the time, may it be mm-hmm. done on earth as it is in heaven. Yep. Yep. And that is part of our vocation. And I believe that's yep. how we apply 10 yep. to eight and yep. nine. Good. Yep. And, yeah. and even in that, that we confess that God's will is done without our help, but we pray yeah, it would be done among yeah. us. Yeah. As we said off well mic, said, you know, God, doesn't, God <laughs> yeah. doesn't need us, mm-hmm. but he wants to use our lives mm-hmm. to preach the gospel of Christ with yeah. and without words. And he does. Yeah. Yeah. Amen.
Well, this this scripture has kind of been on my heart, and it applies and doesn't necessarily apply, but it applies at the incredible greatness of our mm-hmm. Savior. Uh, in Revelation chapter 1, this is John's response as he mm-hmm. saw Christ. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though I was dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. I have the keys of death and Hades. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next time as we continue our discussion on the Augsburg Confession. God bless you and have a great week.